If you like baseball, then this is your show. Noah and Brian and Adam will host. Trashing on the umps and making hot takes. We love Joe Panic because he rakes. Yeah! It's non-stop baseball podcast. It's non-stop baseball What is up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 87 of the Nonstop Baseball Podcast. Wow. Completes, but no, we back because I'm Brian's, back. Because Brian's drunk. <laughs> no, Brian actually played in the Super Bowl. Oh. And he's really tired right now. <laughs> that explains it. Yes, but we are recording this a uh, little past 8 p.m., on Super Bowl Sunday, a good uh, game. I am Noah. Yeah, joined by Adam. I saw a whole maybe six to eight plays of it. I was doing a lot of cooking, hanging out. I saw the very end though. So yeah. and the halftime show. So decent halftime Probably. show. Decent. It was. It was. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of a player comp for the the player for the comp for the show. halftime show. <laughs> it was. Oh my gosh. Well, it was just a very, very solid halftime show. I don't think it was extravagant. It wasn't no Shakira. No, no, uh, certainly not. But it was just a really solid, maybe like a Jeff McNeil. It's like a Jeff McNeil halftime show. You know you know what you're going to get? You like yeah, it I, every, I, every game. I was I was going to say like, a, like an Adam Wainwright, you know? Adam Wainwright, there's a, yeah. There's a good body of work that was on display. None of it was really going to wow you, you know? It's not it's not a particularly remarkable brand of baseball or halftime show. But you know what? You're, you're going to leave it and go, yeah, that you know what? That was good. Yeah, I, I had a fun time. Yeah. Well, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Wrapping up football season means that we can forget it exists and uh, and really start gearing up and prepping for uh, for some baseball. Yeah, I mean. Well, I'll start before we talk a little baseball. Had some big changes in the life recently. Mm. Uh, ordered a new phone. Went from I going from finally upgraded my iPhone eight, uh-huh. which all my students love to roast. And I got engaged as well. So both equally, <laughs> equally, those are both equally important. Yeah, no, but yeah, last uh, time we were recording, uh, you're. You and Brian were talking about setting up a recording time, and I wasn't 100% positive I was proposing that day or not, just depending on how the, how the day went. You know, I didn't want to propose on a on a, a cruddy day or something. And I was like, okay, I don't know if I'll be able to make it. I might yeah. be doing something. Yeah, you, and then, you, course, also, you also definitely don't want to like be like, man, I got to do my podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we had already... I know proposed earlier in the afternoon, but I was like, yeah, I got to do the whole calling people, which yeah, was a yeah. lot of fun going to different houses, telling people, but yeah, it was awesome. My oh, fiance also just bought a new car this week too. So a lot of awesome, just big changes. Uh, and that iPhone, that my oh, goodness, yeah. new one. <laughs> wow. I no longer, I'm not going to have a home button anymore. It's, I don't know how, I don't know how to handle it, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just, a lot of our listeners I know have been very 
congratulatory on social media. Uh, so thank you for all that support. Um, which leads me to the most fun part of getting engaged is people you don't really know that well, uh, giving you marriage advice or, uh, telling you how much they don't like <laughs> their spouse <laughs> <laughs> or asking you if you're sure that you want to get married to like people you don't know at all. Just be like, well, are you sure you want to get married to her? No, I just did this for no reason. I, I did, did it for the for... giggles. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, but it's been great. But it's just funny, some of that stuff. But today, we got a lot of baseball to break down. Uh, we got a U Darvish, U Darvish extension. We're going to talk a little bit about MLB The Show, who's on the cover of that, WBC stuff. And um, we're going to preview some possible milestones reached in this season. And uh, we're going to have a little progress or regress section when we're going to talk we're going to look at um, various players that either had good or bad seasons in 2022 and guess whether they're going to progress you're going to get better or continue that or regress you know take a little bit of the dip in the numbers so should be a lot of fun but i want to say i just this last week it just hit me like i'm pumped about baseball like i think more so than i was before the start of last season I think I was deep in my credential program, just so busy. But now, you know, I've been taking more time for myself, making sure I'm staying up with my hobbies, not just always working. And I'm like, I am ready to just come home from work and watch some baseball. I don't know how you've been feeling. Yeah, I, I think for for me, it's almost the 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 best part of this upcoming season is this is the first end of season, off season, into season that has been normal in like four years. <laughs> like you had all of the weirdness with COVID seasons, the shortened season, and then you had all the weirdness with the lockout. And then like, you know, so that was all, all funky and, and timelines got a little messed up. And this is, it, it's, it, we're back to the, the proper pacing of things. Um, it feels, it feels good. I think you've got a lot of really good teams. A lot of big moves already got made. A lot of teams that are, that are really trying to contend. Um, yeah, it just the whole landscape of the MLB feels awesome right now. Yeah, and there's, I mean, as we get a little closer to the start of the season, that's when we're going to do our regions projections where we break down the divisions in each region and say the teams. But, you know, just as a little sneak preview, there's a lot of teams that, especially with the expanded playoffs, could make a run, you know. And so it's just... I don't know. It's just an exciting time. Uh, and if the rule changes, I'm excited to see how that works out though. I've always been a person that I've kind of said, like, I don't think the bags are really going to affect much, but I saw a picture of the bases recently. They're big. <laughs> They're big. I still don't know how much it's going to affect, but I'm like, okay, this might do something. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that they are going to be, it's going to be more of a visual getting used to that will fade within like two weeks. That's the hope that we'll see. That is the hope. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I guess we could start with, uh, you know, the biggest money move that happened this week. Yeah. And that is, it's funny. I was just adding to the doc and I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll hit the news to have on the MLB app. And then I was like, 
you Darvish? I think like he signed an extension like 30 minutes before. And I was like, wait, this just happened. I, this happened a while ago. I was, it felt weird, but you Darvish signed a six year, $108 million extension with the San Diego Padres. And if you were like me, when you just heard that, you just said to yourself, isn't Darvish in his like mid to late thirties. <laughs> and the answer to that is yes. <laughs> yes. Darvish is 36 years old. Um, so the Padres will be paying him until he is 42. Um, Adam, initial impressions on this deal? Yeah, I like it, and I—I I mean, I think it's a—it's a mix of a win-win, right? Obviously, this is a win for Darvish, right? Darvish has been pitching really, really well even this late in his career, and to get paid that much money, awesome! You love to see it. I think it's a win for you know. Padres as a club in the sense that like they want to lock down guys because they think that this is their window and in fairness it is their window right like we haven't seen the Padres gear up like this pretty much ever not in our lifetimes and I think that that's just a good it's a it's a good move for them um obviously could this bite them maybe but Stranger things have happened. Verlander is still pitching and is arguably pitching better than he almost ever has. And he's in his 40s. So, you know, like at, at some point, at least with pitchers, with, oh, had a bunch of feedback there for a moment. Um, Sorry. At this point, at least with pitchers, uh, it, it almost seems like the whether it's medical advances or, or whatever, um, people are pitching a lot deeper into, into careers, at least really good pitchers are. Um, guys like Verlander, Scherzer, Kershaw still putting up really, really good numbers really late in their careers. And uh, Padres think Darvish is that guy, can do that. Love to see it. Yeah, apologies. Can you hear me? Yep, you're good. Yeah, a little weird stuff happened with my box here. But... Here we are. But yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just kind of the trend of this offseason where it's teams uh, paying guys for a little extra so they could spread the butter a little bit, as I'm now deeming, where it's, if you just say, you get Darvish, you extend him for $18 million a year. You go, oh yeah, I want that. Like, well, the way you do that is you pay him until he's 42. Right. So uh, Yeah, exactly. It's like you have more flexibility from year to year with how you're uh, maximizing, you know, that not cap space, but luxury tax threshold. Um, but it's still you're paying this guy till he's 42. And uh, baseball savant, his his numbers definitely took a little bit of a dip last year. He's still really high in his fastball spin rate. Um, but I think, you know, just when you look at Darvish and just the sort of artist that he is with the baseball He's always going to be tinkering. He has a million different pitches. It's a guy that he'll, he'll be able to pitch forever. Yeah, um, that's that was one of the things I was also going to bring up. I was like, Darvish is just a very crafty pitcher in general. And so, yeah, I think even if like some of his stats or, or spin rates or, you know, different savant numbers are going down, I think he works around those better than most. Yeah, and uh, he hasn't had... I'm looking right now. I don't know. I always felt like Darvish could bring it some, but his 
average fastball velocity is in the bottom 15th percentile. And I'm going back a few years and it hasn't been higher than that. I think it that might be because he throws a lot of cutters um, and they register as fastballs. Um, but yeah, he's able to get it up to 95. So as he does lose some velocity, he will have to manage a little bit. But as we both said, like he's got everything, cutter, fastball, slider, change up, curve. Um, but yeah, I think, I think a really solid pitcher It is like a little weird to see that six year extension, but the more we're talking about it, the more, especially with the trend of this off season, it kind of makes sense, you know, yeah. but, uh, I did hear a really interesting thought from, uh, Red Sox stats on Twitter who was saying that they'll probably get one or both of them anyway. And, you know, not hating on the moves, but. To me, or to this, to Red Sox stats, he was saying, feel like you'd want to secure um, either Machado and or Soto for a long term before you sure put as much money as they have in other places. But I think uh, the Padres seems like they're just not worried about that. It's like we're gonna get good guys, and then we're gonna get more good guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, dude, if more. If more teams start embracing that that Steve Cohen front office style, I'm here for it, man. I'm so here for it. Yeah, and like, I don't know. The thing is, I think I've said this before. People are saying, oh, Steve Cohen is the, the guy that's really changing everything. And obviously he is. He's doing crazy things. But I think if you're a fan of any team that's not the Padres or the Mets, and you're getting mad, you shouldn't be like, why aren't we spending like Steve Cohen? Because that's just unrealistic. But sure, sure. it's very realistic to be to look at the Padres and be like, well, why can't we spend like the Padres? Right. Yeah. Seriously. Look at that market, you know? Um, and it's like, oh, you know, you gotta, that's a big risk. It's like, well, look what happens when you spend. Look at Padres Fan Fest. <laughs> look like Dude, World Series Parade. <laughs> seriously. The Padres Fan Fest was absolutely bumping. If you invest in something, the city's going to show out, you know, and it, I mean, it does help that San Diego, there's no Chargers anymore. It's Padres and that's it, you know. So if you're the hot ticket, you are the only ticket in town, you know. And uh, so, yeah, and it's like you got so much excitement. And yeah, now you got another pitcher locked up in you, Darvish. And then they extended Musgrove, right, in the middle of the season last year? I believe so. Yeah, I can yeah. try to find that. Yeah, I just I just think that, um, yeah, I think what the Padres doing is great for, great for baseball, and hopefully we'll see a lot more teams invest uh, like they have done. Um, but, yes, yeah, kind of getting onto that fan fest, that was amazing. People of San Diego absolutely showed out. Um, which is what you got to do. If your team is dropping the the money, like the Padres are, you got to show up and you got to do your thing. Show them that, yeah, we like when you spend money and actually try to put a competitive baseball team on the field. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, which I don't think was a huge surprise for in terms of Padres fans, but Fernando Tatis Jr. was definitely very well received the Padres fans at FanFest. Did that surprise you at all? I mean, I think that most of the people who are going to be active haters of Tatis 
aren't going to be at FanFest anyway. That's, I think that's just not their gig. Um, most, I think most people who go to FanFest are the kind of people who almost couldn't care less um, about anything like that. I'm not that surprised. He's still a superstar. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to... It's going to be hard to divorce him of that image unless he does something, you know, truly abhorrent, right? Like, at the end of the day, yeah, was it stupid? Sure. But did he go Clevenger kind of deal? Like, oh, no. no, he didn't. Oh, he didn't. Like, he, he didn't, didn't do, like, he didn't, like, domestic violence a young child. Like, <laughs> like you know, it's just different universes of... Like, like those are just entirely different things. Uh, so no, I'm I'm not I'm not shocked that uh, that he's that he's well received. Yeah, I mean he's an absolute stud too. Uh, Forty two homers, nine seventy five OPS in the twenty twenty one season, over one hundred thirty games. It's going to be electric when he returns. I don't think he's really going to skip a beat. And we'll see how he performs on the road because you know that's going to be hostile, but. I mean, it's, that's a legit player there. As long as he could stay off the motorcycles and get the good, I don't know, find a good barber. Stay um, healthy, stay smart. Yeah. So, I mean, and we saw in that Padres locker room last year, it's like, well, if you're not, we don't need you. That It seemed like, Seriously. I think they're going to, I think they're going to embrace him and they're going to try and, you know, take him in and, Sure. Now, especially if he's performing well, but also we saw last year led by Manny Machado is kind of like, bro. Yeah. I mean, Manny has the, Manny has that veteran presence. Yeah. It's like, we'd love to have your 42 home runs and 31 doubles, but (laughs) also we, we believe in what we got here already. So, yeah. But yeah. And also, uh, Tatis saying that they're going to win the World Series, and they asked who they want to face, and he was like, the Yankees. <laughs> Everybody wants to beat the Yankees, it turns out. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Well, speaking of really exciting young baseball players, I was a little surprised uh, to see MLB The Show 2023's cover athlete being none other than your center fielder (laughs) for the the Miami Marlins, Jazz Chisholm Jr. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I agree. Surprising. Yeah, I mean, well... Not not that I think, like, undeserving. You know, certainly an electric personality, an electric player. Um, Yeah, just a little surprising. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, and I think we all we all know that I don't think there's a bigger jazz chisholm stand than me. Yeah. But well, it's funny because you said it's deserving. He's electric personality, and I think maybe if you look at the overall package, it is deserving. But I think if you just flat out look at the baseball stats say it's not deserved like uh like i don't know you, sure you played, I, I guess i guess 205 it, it, games you got a 754 ops uh i mean i know you're an all-star last year but you played only 60 games 
And I mean, I love him. And I think it's, I like, it's, I don't know, it's just bold. Yeah. I, I mean, like it's... that they're investing in a young guy. So it's like, okay, this guy's about to pop off even more and we're going to be in on the ground floor. Right. Uh, and I also think it's like, you know, all right. So who are your other big names for, you know, cover athletes? Okay. Aaron Judge, obvious choice. Well, he was on the cover like four years ago, three years ago, however many years. Okay. What about Otani? And he was on the cover too. So it's like, okay, so your top two MVP guys, okay. So then maybe you pull somebody from the other MVP race, maybe, you know, Goldschmidt. And it's like, well, he's, I mean, Goldie's good. He's not really, but he's not the kind of marketable personality, right? Um, you know, same with, same with like Arenado. Like, Jazz is, Jazz maybe doesn't fit, quote unquote, cover athlete by pedigree, but he fits it by, that's the kind of player that you market around, right? Yeah. So the big name that a lot of maybe the show fans were throwing out there for a long time. And a lot of people thought it was for sure going to be this guy was Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of baseball, even though he's played less than jazz, I think he's earned it a little bit more, but I think jazz does just do better uh, in terms of marketing from what I've heard. Like you throw a jazz Chisholm, clip out there on social media and it does some numbers um so yeah i mean i do love it but it's just it was a little surprising to me to like be like yeah i've got it but you know because usually i'm gonna be the show it's like you look at the guys that have been on in the past and other than maybe like uh, yasiel puig who puig still had a really solid burst there yeah uh it's like a lot of guys that are you know they're like future hall of famers are hall of famers for the team that they played the most on in their career, where it's like, we'll see with jazz, you know, but I think that's exciting. That's kind of make what makes it fun is that this guy isn't a totally proven commodity yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun like it, but I was still surprised. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's definitely where I would fit it. It's like, yeah, surprising, but yeah, cool. Yeah, and I think also cool, we are in February. Um, First, well, not. it's been a long time since there's been a black athlete on the cover of MLB The Show, I think since Andrew McCutcheon. So, Hmm. love to see that. Um, But moving on from that, oh, we got our milestones, right? Indeed. A lot of very, uh, very interesting milestones coming up that could potentially be hit in this upcoming season. I don't know which ones are you more interested in. You want to, you want to start with some of these, these batting milestones or pitching? Uh, let's start batting. All right. All right. So as far as uh, home run leaderboards are concerned or, or home run milestones, Miguel Cabrera is, I think now going to, I think he's now the active leader now that uh, Pujols is, is retired. So he's currently at 507. Um, and he can pass a whole bunch of people on the leaderboard. If he gets, if he gets up to 30, he'll pass Mickey Mantle for 18th all time. Um, now he's sort of, take the under. (laughs) yeah, I, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I don't really know, but Hey, a lot of people took the under on Albert hitting his, so who knows? Um, but I mean, either way, you know, if he, if he doesn't even do, if he does half that at 15, that put him that put him by uh by Frank Thomas for 20th of all time. That's he's, I mean that's pretty good. Oh, really good. 
And then your number 100 in MLB Network's uh, top 100 players, John Carlos Stanton, which uh, uh, that list just makes me mad. It's uh, such a bad <laughs> list. I don't even want to talk about that list. He sits 22 homers away from 400 in his career. Um, so, yeah, you know, which, you know, get a healthy year from Stanton, which you always get. <laughs> that's, that's basically uh, odds don't favor that one. Yeah, but I mean, I'll take that. I'll take over 22 for Stanton this year. Why yeah, not? He's, he's pretty close to hitting that 400, which, yeah, you love to see. Um, a lot of people near 300. Arenado is only one away, so yeah, pen that one in. He'll he'll get one. Freeman's eight away. Andrew McCutcheon is 13. Harper's 15. Um, Machado and Rizzo are both 17. JD Martinez 18. Carlos Santana 22 away. I think all of those probably happen. Um, oh, you think JD and Carlos as well? I think. Mm, actually, let me think. JD, I think might. Carlos, maybe not. Yeah, I think J.D. Martinez, he's back with his original like, hitting coach that really got him on the path in Detroit. He's back with him in L.A. on a little bit of a revenge tour. Let's see it, J.D. And Santana, I don't know. I got a good feeling about Santana. I was looking at the Pirates, and obviously the Pirates aren't going to be doing anything crazy this year. But, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, the Pirates have added some solid guys and got some young talent as well coming up. I think they're definitely not the A's. I'll just say that. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're going to have some fun watches. And I mean, hopefully Santana does something. But 22 yeah. is a stretch. 22, 22 is. Stretch. Yeah, it is. It is a fun issue. Um, yeah, um, that's really, I think, it for home runs. I mean, I feel like, yeah, Rizzo and Machado, they're going to hit their 300th. Harper, absolutely. If Harper doesn't hit 15, that's that'd be wild. Um, for hits, Miguel Cabrera's got 3,088. He had his 3,000th this last season. Um, he can climb up a few more spots, but you know, that's that'll be about it for him. Um, hopefully he beats a Rod. That'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. And some uh interesting rbi numbers here as well obviously for cabrera he's yep he's at the stage in his career where his 14th 63rd 71st and 76th rbi he'll move up on the all-time list currently sits at 14th all-time and he could you know maybe realistically move up to 12th um but there's a few guys uh, uh closing in on a thousand rbi as well stanton 29 away arenado 32 and then our good old friend Carlos Santana mm-hmm. back in the mix, setting a tough over under at 75 RBI away. And maybe the most interesting, Mike Trout, 104 away. You, That's a, you think you're taking Trout? Oh, man. Uh, that, it, Trout has this a similar problem to Stanton, which is like, dude, if, okay, cool. You give me Trout for 150 games? Yeah, he's got that. <laughs> you give me Trout for any any duration of injury? Probably not. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money on Trout right now. Alright. I'm here Just for kidding. it. Yeah, I mean but, that's 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 I mean that's most of the big as far as hitting ones. There's some run scored ones, some guys within a thousand. Um and then n- nobody really cares about stolen bases. I think at this point steals are kind of a 
I don't know, maybe just a dying stat in general. Coming back, baby, this year with the rule changes. Uh, that's true. Rule changes and Yadier Molina doesn't exist in the league anymore, so <laughs> that helps a lot. Dude, have you ever, you ever like looked into those like, like Yadi caught stealing stats? Yeah, like, it's crazy. It's absurd to like see like a bar graph of like Yadi's first career game to his retirement. How many like st- stolen bases allowed by each team, and the Cardinals are just like an unbelievable chunk below everybody. It's so interesting because a lot of that, what you always hear is a lot of that's on the pitchers. And obviously with Molina, a lot of it is on him too. Not only just his arm strength and accuracy, but just ability to, uh, you know, observe a runner, understand when he needs to tell his pitcher to step off, throw over all things like that. But I also think it's like, when you come to St. Louis, it's like, that's freaking Molina back there. Yeah, I'm not trying to screw up his numbers. So if I'm not, if not, if I'm not good at holding runners, I'm gonna find out how to do it real quick. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're a pitcher, right, you're not wanting to mess yeah. up his numbers. But then I also think like that's sort of the, uh, you know, the the fear of Yachty puts it into the runners too. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, dude, screw that. I'm not gonna get caught stealing a couple times in this game. Are you kidding me? It's not worth it. No, sir. Um. Anyway, for. Right. Yeah, we got a bunch of pitching milestones, though. Oh, um, yeah, we got, we got one. And a th- I, I got a crazy theory that I heard on another podcast that I think you're going to love. And agree Ooh. With. Most of these pitching ones are between like three players. Shocking. Uh, Verlander, Kershaw, Scherzer are your big ones. Granke's uh, close to some other ones, too. For wins, uh, JV six wins away from 250, which is just an absurd number. Um Kershaw is three wins away from 200. Wainwright, five away from 200. Um, yeah, could see that happen in the same series. They both meet in, in mid-April or late April. So that could be that could be fun. I think they'll probably both, they'll both get that. Um, yeah. Let me see. 250. That is a lot. There's a lot of wins. <laughs> it's a ton of wins. Like, there's... Let me see something really quick. Yeah. There's a good chance, like a lot of, not a lot, but some of the top pitchers, young pitchers in baseball today. Yeah. They don't even start 250 games in their career. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, yeah. Mo- it's an absurd number. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Verlander is inhuman. Um, yeah. Speaking of JV. Uh, him and Max Scherzer are 12th and 13th on the all-time strikeout list, and now they're on the same team. So look forward to that leapfrogging constantly. Um, <laughs> they're only yeah. five. They're only five away from each other to start the season, um, and they they need 150, 175 to move up into like the top 10. Um, and so could could see both of them in the top 10 in either order who knows (laughs) and you know they're going to be pushing each other which is just going to be awesome to see oh absolutely i'm gonna like as much as i'm looking forward to scherzer and verlander you know actually you know throwing the pill like i'm very much looking forward to those starts where it's like uh um quintana's on the mound and it just cuts to a shot of Scherzer and Verlander just like <laughs> studying and just, you know, chatting with each other yeah. and you just see them talking through the game. And it's just like, just, Oh my gosh. If you're, if you get called up, you're like a Tyler McGill, you get called up to be a, a spot starter. 
Yeah. You gotta absorb everything you can, which I know I don't need to tell those guys twice. I think they already know that, but I think the race that I'm uh, looking forward to most in the pitcher milestones is the 3000 strikeout chase. Yep. Granky being 118 away and Kershaw being 193 away. Yep. And the crazy theory that I heard was from Eno Saris, because uh, they're talking about, oh, is Granky trying to chase it? And it's like, I don't know if Granky really cares about that he or does. anything. I don't think he like, does. He's like, I honestly could see Granky going, getting 117 strikeouts this year and then just retiring, <laughs> just being at <laughs> 2,999. Yeah. And then just calling his manager over specifically to pull him from the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I'd love to see both of those. I mean, Kershaw's a bit of a stretch, but you know he'll get it in the next two years, I, I feel like. Uh, yeah, totally, absolutely. I mean, I would love to see Kershaw get above 193 strikeouts this year just because the Kershaw hate is see, just I don't understand so it. so stupid. Yeah, I, it's, the, I don't understand the people who rag on Kershaw for, like, literally anything. Because I, I also think one of my one of my favorite like dynamics about Kershaw is like the two team fan bases that respect Kershaw the most are the Dodgers, obviously, and the Giants. They're like the Giants get it. Giants fans like recognize it. They're like, yeah, no, Kershaw's that dude's real. <laughs> and then everybody else seemingly like just loves to bring up like ah, playoff Kershaw. Well, it's like yeah, well, what? Giants fans that watch you know yes. hundred to hundred sixty two. There's plenty of Giants fans. Sure, that sure, watch sure. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, they only watch the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They but, hate anybody yeah. who wears who wears that blue. So yeah, it's and like there are fair points where it's like maybe you you don't feel as confident in the Dodgers rotation because it's like. Well, maybe you're only going to get, you know, 120 innings out of Kershaw. Like, that's fair, being like, you might only get 120, but it's just a fact that he's still an incredible pitcher. And it's like, it's just so, so weird. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this page right now. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, and Granky, I'm I'm seeing right here on the right side of this Reddit page. There's a fun video that you could watch. That's uh, one Zach Granky pitch at every speed from 50 miles per hour to 100 miles. Per hour. Yep, it's beautiful. <laughs> isn't, that beautiful isn't that a beautiful thing? And and you know what the best part is? Like half of the pitches from like 50 to 70 are like real pitches. Like like he actually like not like pitch outs. <laughs> Great, dude. Cranky's fun, man. Um, other strikeout chase. Garrett Cole. He's seventy off of two thousand strikeouts. He'll get that. That that's unless he. I don't know. Unless he retires midseason or just gets injured or something. Um, he'll get it. Yeah, and then speaking of pitchers uh, being disrespected, Kenley Jansen. Uh, is nine away from 400 saves in his career, and Craig Kimbrell only six. Um, I think Kimbrell's been pretty well respected and has, you know, fallen off a little bit recently. Yes. But Jansen is someone that we've talked about several times on this podcast as just being someone that uh, he gets an un undeserved amount of of disrespect for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I'm hopeful for Kimbrell to do something this year. Like, obviously, it's not going to be prime Kimbrell, but yeah. I mean, I think he can get six. He'll get six. Yeah. I mean, he had a three seven five ERA last year yeah. over sixty innings pitched. That's solid. Yeah, 
not bad at all. Uh, I'll say, yeah. yeah, I didn't. I think I've said this a few times on the podcast as well before, but I wasn't able to see, like, be watching for 162 that Koji Uehara 2013 season where he maybe had one of the best reliever seasons ever, but the 2017 season from Kimbrel is the best reliever season I've ever seen where it's like, I mean, I was watching him, you know, pretty much every day. Right. And it was just absolute dominance. I, I think he had one outing where he, he struck out four guys because in one inning, because one guy swung at a ball that was so far in the dirt that he was able to go first. It was just, <laughs> it was a ridiculous season and yeah, just a legend. I, so yeah, yeah both of them are going to get there. Why not? Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure they'll both do it. I also think saves are a weird stat, kind of a dumb stat, but that's not a that's a story for another time. I think, yeah, if you're the like saves shouldn't be like the end all be all contract negotiations. I think that if you're like like Jansen last year, where Jansen had a solid year, his numbers weren't you know quite the best but if you're like someone that you are a closer that is what you are you're not gonna go put out fires in other places if you got you know however many saves like jansen had 41 saves last year i think no matter which way you cut it like that's a good year you know yeah no it's it's really good his job but like it's one thing where it's like uh, i think diaz Last year, he was going in other situations as well, where it's like, well, you still got to acknowledge those other situations because they can be just as important. Um, yeah, it is just weird how in the past it's like, well, if you don't have saves, you're not going to get paid. It's like, why? why? It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like, because I also just like saves are just such a weird. Saves are such a weirdly defined statistic. And like the way that they get ruled just makes certain relief appearances just not count as a save when they you know like you know what i mean like certain really high leverage situations that just end up either not counting as saves or whatever um so yeah i i remember there's a really really good article that uh nate silver the writer for 538 did where he proposes a new stat for saves called the goose egg which is basically that you you get a you get a goose egg for each inning in which it's the seventh inning or later um, and at the time that you, the pitcher faces his first batter, his team leads by no more than two runs or the score is tied or the tying runs on base and they give up no runs. And then yeah. you either get all three outs. So you get the full inning pitched or you at least get one out. And the number of outs is, you know, better than the number of like inherited runners or something. Because like the, one of the problems with us with saves, right. Is like, if it's a, if you're a relief pitcher, who comes in in a tie game in the eighth inning and you punch out the side and then you're done. That's your day. That's still a super high leverage situation and you get no credit for it. You get no statistical credit for it at all. <laughs> um, but anyway, saves are, saves are a weird stat. <laughs> yeah, but we got some legendary closers who are, I mean, I'm not going to lock it in, but they pretty much feel like they're going to get to 400 this year, which is exciting. Oh, yeah. 
I also I on this this post yeah no one is no one else is within reach of three thousand career hits it's like yeah so you're suggesting that Robinson Cano can't get three sixty one this year. <laughs> I believe he's going to be in the WBC. They're oh, easy. that's what we can. Yeah, WBC's coming up. We got rosters out, uh, actual full rosters out. Uh, most of them, I think we already kind of knew who was going to be where. Um, there's always some weird ones with the WBC because like some of the country rules are so laxed that yeah. like you're like, how's this dude on Team Israel? And it's like, oh yeah, his grandparents were Jewish. And you go, huh? Yeah, he's that counts. A little bit Jewish. Yeah, he's like slightly Jewish. Like, dude, he was born in like Los Angeles. What do you mean? <laughs> but you know, or like you'll cool also then you get a bunch of minor leaguers that have a little bit of Jewish blood, and then they just go rake for Team Israel. Yeah, I mean, you're just allowed to. Or, or like, uh, like, uh, was it Rizzo who gets to play for Canada because, like, his parents are Canadian? Rizzo's playing for Canada, not not Italy. I think he's. Is it Rizzo for somebody's playing for Canada? And I was like, Freeman's on Canada. Why are the you playing on for Canada? Canada? Freeman's like from the Freeman. Oh, maybe it's Freeman that I'm thinking of. Pretty... I think Freeman's on Canada. Maybe it was Freeman. I was thinking of maybe I'm thinking of the other lovable first baseman. Yeah, I mean, and okay, like, um, Canada definitely better than last time around. And they got Pavetta, who loves big situations. Yeah, I was. I was thinking Freeman. Yeah, Freeman. Freeman's on yeah. on Team Canada. Yeah, Rizzo is about as Italian as it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's playing for Italy, but uh, I can pull up the Italian roster. Let's see. But yeah, as you're doing that, I think to honor Brian, we must talk about one of the biggest disappointments for our podcast is that Logan Webb backed out. He said, I, I don't love America. <laughs> <laughs> Those are his words. Sorry. Then, I, sorry. I'm looking at the Italian roster. And uh, no, no Rizzo, but hey, Vinny Pascantino's in there, and that's oh, about yeah. the most Vinny Italian. Pascantino. That's about the most Italian name that you could possibly have, <laughs> dude. I mean, he he's gonna he's gonna have a big year, dude. Mike Piazza's the manager. That's awesome. Let's <laughs> get some gabagool with Vinny. Dude, I love that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was the other one that was interesting? I mean, Team USA is an insane team. Let me see. Let me see Bobby Witt Jr. have a big game for Team USA. Why not? That'd be cool. That'd be fun. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be cute? Wouldn't that just be like really nice? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it's another thing to consider. Uh, finalist uh, Puerto Rico from 2017. Uh, once again, doesn't quite have a really strong pitching core they got some good relievers but i mean and marcus stroman's yeah. <laughs> coming over <laughs> but one thing that you heard a lot was you know yadier yadier molina who is catching really got the most out of his pitching staff um, and that's what was a huge part of them getting to uh you know to the finals and you know molina is the manager now not the catcher but yeah. So we'll see if they're able to maneuver that pitching staff again. But you got Christian Vasquez and Martin Maldonado, oh, two yeah. 
great catchers in their own right. But yeah, just something to look out for because that lineup is stacked. As we mentioned, you know, Vasquez, Malinato, you got um, Baez, Lindor. Oh, Correa's not playing. No, Correa back, uh, backed out because, uh, and uh, shockingly, not because of his ankle. Uh, I think his wife had another, they had another kid. And so I think they were like, yeah, maybe you just stay home. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, and then Kike uh, and yeah, it's it's going to be a good team. But... Yeah. I mean, the, the other team that I think is going to be really fun is Venezuela. Venezuela's got some, some serious firepower on their team. Yeah, too. they've gotten a lot better. I yeah. Think so. I mean, just looking at, you know, for, for them, for starting pitching, um, they get, they get my boy, Pablo Lopez. Um, but they also get Jose Alvarado. They get Ranger Suarez. Um, you know, as far as bats, Salvador Perez behind the dish, you get Eugenio Suarez, Jose Altuve, Luis Arias. You get some serious. Andres Jimenez, Ooh, you know, yeah. and then Acuna out in the outfield. Santander, David Peralta. And, and of course Miguel Cabrera, obviously. Yeah. Huge. Like uh, I remember maybe I'm just misremembering, but I feel like last WBC I was like, okay, I got I know Quintana and Cabrera, and that was like all who I felt like I knew. It's like yeah. dang, you got a bunch of ball players this time around. Yeah, I think that's definitely a team that could surprise. Uh Eduardo Rodriguez is gonna pitch for them this time around. He has a lot to prove after you know disappearing last year on the on the Tigers. So mm-hmm. I think he's gonna come out. Looking to looking to prove himself for sure, but yeah, I'm just pumped for this. Um, it's gonna be fun. Also, like just the fact that like yeah, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, all against each other in that uh, in that pool D. That's gonna be good stuff, right? You got a you got an early winner. Ooh, I don't know. I don't think so. I. USA. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to because like the DR is great, but I don't believe in their pitching as much as I believe in the US's pitching. You know? Yeah, US has some some pretty ridiculous pitching. Mexico's gotten a lot better too. I mean, Verdugo played uh, on the team last WBC, but he was a prospect. We got Alec Thomas. You know, I think Rowdy and Verdugo being on the same team is beautiful (laughs) (laughs) i think i think rowdy verdugo and alejandro kirk all being on the same team is fantastic yeah (laughs) rowdy too oh my god and you got i mean yeah you got isaac isaac paredes who's had some monster weeks in the show luis urias um randy rosarena taiwan walker oliver perez oh my god that's that, gonna that's, be a fun team. That's the beauty of the World Baseball Classic, though, right? Like you get all kinds of just, yeah, dude, dude fun team. Honestly, I'm looking forward to Robinson Cano popping off. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna do it. Yeah, hey, I think it's gonna, yeah. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Anything else to say about the WBC? Uh, I just can't wait for it to to get some games. Well, with that, we will um, get into our last little segment here, a little progress or regress. And um, as as we're starting this, I'll start us off. I think I'm going to say surprising name here. Okay. Um, Surprising for for progress or regress? I'm going to say the name first, 
Oh boy. Then I'm going to say okay. whether they're going to progress or regress. I name is the shortstop for your Philadelphia Phillies, Trey Turner. Mm. In 2023, he is going to take a step forward. Not necessarily from his career numbers, but from his 2022 numbers. If you take a quick glance, I mean, it was an awesome 2022. 298 batting average, 100 RBI, 21 homers. What else could you really ask for? OPS was at an 809. You know, great for a, a shortstop, but two years before that, 911, 982, 850, uh, three years before that, his OBP took a pretty big dip going from 375 and 21 to 343 and 22 and slugging the same way, going from 536 to a 466. Um, I think, I don't know, I just think having a little bit, well, I don't know. <laughs> Not like he didn't have bats around him in uh, LA, <laughs> but I think playing in a little bit of a hitter friendly ballpark, maybe having a little bit less pressure to play every single day. You know, he's got the big contract. He played 160 games uh, in 2022, which is the most he's played since 2018. So I think just, you know, not being as scared to take a rest day here and there is really going to help him out. And I think we're going to get at least back up to those mid 850s in the OPS from Trey Turner in 2023. So that's that's my first candidate right there for the mm. progress. Okay. Yeah. I uh I have a I have my progress candidate I think as well. Um I think after a a, a fairly underwhelming batting season, I think uh I think some some new park dimensions are going to seriously help Matt Chapman. Ooh. Um, Matt Chapman did not have that awesome of a batting season. I mean, granted, he's never been that phenomenal of a of a hitter in the first place. Um, but you know, this is a dude who who in Oakland was slugging north of 500, and you know, he was just scraping past 400 this last year. Um, I would I would love to see him hit 30 plus homers. I'd love to see him push that slugging up a little more. Maybe maybe get that average somewhere around 250 um which is you know a little higher than his career average of 240 but i i think that it's absolutely doable especially with the fact that the the park dimensions in in toronto are going to help him out a little bit more um i think he gets a little more comfortable in that club and he gets a little more comfortable on that field and i i i think we get a i think we get a better offensive year for Matt chat yeah i think yeah, that's a great call. And he really sort of came into his own in the second half of the year, right? Or did it was it just like a hot stretch? I remember because I remember a, at one he point. Had a couple hot stretches. He also just sort of had a like a few I don't even know if you'd consider them hot stretches as much as just like he had like a couple really good series. Um you know, where he'd hit like three home runs in a series or something. Um but yeah. Yeah, and uh, I I'm gonna, I know we haven't talked about this, but for all the listeners out there who might say, oh, there's such an obvious answer, I, we haven't talked about this, but I'm going to say that we both agree that Aaron Judge is off the board because obviously he's not going to. He's, he's going to regress. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to regress. He's, he's still going to regress. <laughs> he's still going to, yeah. It so, turns uh, out really hard to do that back-to-back <laughs> years. <laughs> It is interesting. Like, I think I've just been in such a positive mindset with um, 
baseball recently. It's hard for me to come up with a, a regress, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it here because I know I got some other positive takes. But yeah, fun might be a bit of an easy one. Um, again, I'm going f- for someone that was on the Dodgers last year and got to a different team this year. Yeah, stayed in the area. I'm gonna go with Tyler Anderson. Going to be my one of my regress. Uh, okay. You know, yeah. The picks there. Um, oh, <laughs> sorry. On MLB, guess guess what? MLB app has as Tyler John Anderson's nickname. Uh, uh oh no! I have no idea. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> Mister Duck. <laughs> I love that. Uh, That's great. Oh, and up comes Mr. Duck. Oh, Mr. Duck on his way. No one. I remember the way Mr. Duck used to throw that changeup. Fool me every time. (laughs) (laughs) But stupid. uh, Mr. Duck, of course, last year. Career best year for the Dodgers. I think he's poised to have a solid year for sure. But uh, as I mentioned, when he initially signed, uh, his pitch mix didn't change a whole lot from the previous year or two. But one thing that did change was the percentage of shifts that he got behind him against right-handed batters. Mm obviously there's still going to be shading going on in baseball, but you're not going to be getting as extreme of shifts where you maybe have, you know, an extra guy on that left side of the the field when a right-handed batters up and that, you know, might hinder uh, Anderson's ability a little bit. Also, he's going to the angels and every time the angels get a player, it doesn't end up well, (laughs) uh, but there's science, well, not scientific, but there's more logical reasons for that as well. Um, I've heard a lot of people say the angels have the facade of being a team that spends a lot of money. You know, they hand out their Rendon, Otani, Trout, uh, Anderson, Pujols yeah. <laughs> contracts, but they really go cheap in a lot of other ways, especially in, you know, their minor league system and, yeah, and like you know, winning. Other, yeah, scouting departments, other stuff like that. <laughs> so I don't know if Anderson's going to have the same resources he did, uh, for the Dodgers, um, so I'm a little worried about that, but you know, into upper threes ERA, I, I think Anderson's got that. I mean, I'm hopeful for that. I think that would be a really great impact on this, uh, Los Angeles angels of Anaheim, uh, team, uh, <laughs> but I don't think he's going to give us another two, five, seven over 178 and two thirds innings. Uh, so yeah, that's my lock it in regress. Yep. I, I will also choose a pitcher for a lot my my regress. I anticipate not going to say Jose Barrios, right? <laughs> oh, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm I think that my pick for pitcher that I expect to regress is Framber Valdez. Oh, I like it, spicy. We love Framber here, but I like Framber. I like Framber. I like. Good workhorse, good workhorse pitcher. Dude pitched over 200 innings last uh, last season, um, and a sub three ERA. He had an awesome year. Um, 
but one of the things with Framber is his strikeout numbers have never been that good. His walk numbers were have been really good recently. He started off his career a lot worse. Um, but a decent chunk of the of the Statcast stuff does not support Framber having continued success. Um, he is 16th percentile on average exit velo and 18th in hard hit percentage, which means 80% of the league gets hit less hard and le- less frequently. Um, he doesn't get people to chase uh, any more than half the league. Um, so he, he's got a lot of those sort of those sort of stat lines that are like, okay, he got away with a lot. And I just have a feeling that uh, a sub three RA probably not going to happen again next year for, for Framber. I would love to be pleasantly surprised by that. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think that that stretch of that stretch of starts that he had this year, it was like 20 something quality starts in a row. Um, probably does not happen again. I, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I like him. I think he's got good stuff. Um, I just think that he's he's gotten away with getting hit pretty hard, and that doesn't happen forever. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's pitching to the shift a lot too. You know, you know, getting those hard hit balls on the ground into the shift, but now it's you know it's not going to be as easy to pitch into a defense because you know that defense isn't going to be able to go exactly where it you know might want to go. Yeah. So I think. I think it's a good shout. Still think he's going to have an awesome season, but maybe quite not quite like. Yeah, I mean, year. yeah. Obviously, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, he's going to have a five ERA. <laughs> you know, like uh, I, I just think that uh, that last year's what was it two eight four or something? Um, yeah, two eight two. Yeah, that's. I just I don't really see that one happening again. That's fair. Um, you want to do one more of each uh, category? Yeah. Sure. Sure. So I'm going to go a, a, a similar route to my first uh, progress candidate in Trey Turner, where it's a guy okay. that didn't have a bad season by at last year by any means necessary. Yeah. In fact, he had quite a great season. Um, I think this guy's still being slept on uh, this, this upcoming year. And not just uh, the impact that he'll have on his new team, but the impact of him departing from his old team mm. as well. I'm going to go with Jose Abreu. Um, mm. I think he's going to take a step forward in 2022. Maybe not quite his MVP 2020 season, but last year, as I said, great year. 304 batting average, uh, tied for his third career best, uh, 824 OPS, uh, but Lowest slugging percentage of his career. It dipped by almost 40 points in, since 2021, but had his career high best. Uh, that's what career high means uh, <laughs> on base percentage. Uh, and I think it just went under the rug a little bit because he only popped 15 homers, 75 RBI. But it was a great year. And if you look at the average exit velocity, max exit velocity, hard hit percentage, all those numbers, they're all there. And, um, I think if you you put all those components especially you know the hard hit percentage and the incredible on base you put those give those to the minds of the houston astros mad scientists and you give them the cropper boxes in left field i think 
Jose Abreu is going to have an incredible season. Best uh, 162-game season uh, this year. Like, obviously, that 2020 was ridiculous, but, you know, that's over 59 mm. games. Uh, so I think there's a solid chance that he breaks the 900 OPS mark and maybe even puts up some crazy homer numbers too, you know, getting 30s or even 40s. I definitely feel strongly about Jose Abreu, and I think it's just it's going to be tough for the for the White Sox. Obviously, they had some tough stuff that's been out of their control this offseason, but yeah. <laughs> that's something very much in their control that you know you let you let your guy you know just kind of slip away, um, and he's going to go out there and do incredible for the Astros. So that's my pick. Yeah. All right. Hmm. I, uh, I wanted to do a, a, a progress regress each for, for a batter and pitcher. So that was one of the things I think that my progress pitcher is one that I don't want to see progress, but I think he probably will. And that's clay Holmes. Um, yeah. <laughs> Clay Holmes, uh, reason I probably don't want to see him. Uh, that is the uh, apparent now closer, probably. And he kind of was the closer last year for the Yankees. Um, Clay Holmes had a pretty solid year last year. He ended up posting a 2.54 ERA over 63 innings. Um, he showed up in about half of the Yankees' games. Um, but Clay Holmes, to me, looked like the kind of guy who was getting so much weak contact in every time that I saw him, and the dude can absolutely throw some serious heat by people, um, that I think, uh, you know, I, I was already talking earlier about how saves are kind of a goofy stat sometimes, um, but the dude only had 20 saves last year, and I just, I can't fathom him getting that low of a number again. Um, 20 saves in 62 appearances. Um, I, I think that if, uh, this is uh, part of this is assuming that the Yankees treat him as like a full-time closer um as like their primary go-to guy to to close out games um because i think if they do uh i i think that he i think that he's got a he's got a 35 plus save season in him sticking with a similar era um and i i think that he's one of those guys the Yankees probably lean on to put together another too good for my taste season Yeah, I mean, it, he's just nasty when he's when he's on his best. Um, Clay Holmes, I mean, you get rid of, uh, well, Hall of Fame caliber, but probably not going into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, roll this Chapman, and it's yep. like, do do you really skip a beat? I don't know if you do. Right, <laughs> and that's and that's sort of where I'm at. Like that, that was part of the reason that he didn't close nearly as many games like well oh, you have chapman on the team and that guy's your closer right and and then it's like okay, well now he's gone you've got that void i think that he takes that role and i think that he i think he runs away with it i hate that i that i think that he probably runs away with it but yeah no can't, can't say it's a, a a dumb take for sure <laughs> <laughs> um but for me i'm gonna go with You know, this one might say I'm uh, contradicting myself with what I was saying with Aaron Judge earlier. Hmm. 
But I think it's it's not just what the Aaron Judge regression will be this year. I think it's like more significant than that. Mm. I think Paul Goldschmidt's gonna definitely have some regression. You know where it's you know not just going from 982 to 900. I think it might be a lower 800s OPS year this year. Yeah, uh, I, I hope can not. See but I just know you know that last month of September 735 OPS and October of 476 OPS and then the postseason just looking really lost and you know I don't know if it was just the grind of 162 that caught up to him or what but you know let's see how many games he played last year I mean he played 151 so you know got off his feet a little bit but maybe it's just catching up to him a little bit and uh He'll still have a solid year, um, but maybe you just got to get him off his feet a little bit more. More in that 140 range for games played might might help him out. Uh, but to me, as much of a legend as he is, it's hard for me to see him be in that mid to upper 900s OPS again. Because I mean, that's just you know, for a lot of the best players, that's only happens a couple times in their career, and he's already done it quite a few. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just think he's getting a little older. Uh, showed some signs at the end of the year. Maybe it was just a cold stretch. Uh, but you know, he's thirty-five, so I think you know if you're a fantasy owner, it's maybe a, a a trade high, a sell high for sure. But yeah, not that I think it's going to be a horrible season, but I think it's going to be a a pretty significant step down from his twenty twenty-two. Yeah, well, I, I think that's. I do you think that's too that. easy of a call? I think it's a little easy of a call. It's it's sort of easy to say, yeah, MVP candidate might not hit it twice in a row. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's it it's sort of an easy call, but it is also. I mean, it's that's that's fair. I don't uh, I don't doubt that that he probably has some level of regression. Um, yeah, totally fair. Um, I, who you got? You gonna make Brian mad or something? Why not? Ooh, do should it? I? Should I make Brian mad? Hold on. Should I pull up a? Uh, think. Is there a Giants player? I didn't. It, my the player I have on mind is not a Giants player. Um. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Uh, hold on. I, now I gotta think because if it's a let me, Giants I mean, player deserving. Yeah. Of this, as you're going, I'll just kind of yeah, rattle yeah, off yeah. some names that I was thinking. I mean, uh, Andres Jimenez. I mean that could make brian mad of course too but i mean <laughs> we'll see if he could do that again i hope so but you know we'll see you know uh some of the other nathaniel lowe is another one that's like he kind of came out of nowhere though i think he's pretty legit someone that could regress a little bit yeah, um, yeah it turns out the giants aren't that good it's kind of hard to say anyone's <laughs> kind of hard to say anyone's gonna regress they're not they're, they're not actually that good. They got it. Mean, oh, no. They got they got like a 50-year-old Brandon Crawford at short, dude. Like it's I don't know how much farther we can go. Uh, oh my gosh. Shout out to the Giants fan that is staying all the way to the end of the episode just to get absolutely <laughs> just elbow drop from the top rope. <laughs> no, okay. So I, I will go with who who I originally had that I that I think is gonna regress. Um it turns out the t- <laughs> turns out uh, looking at teams that overperformed or did just exceptionally well have players that I think are going to regress. Uh, Altuve. Um, oh. Jose Altuve had an 
amazing season last year. Batted 300, 533 slugging. He was absolutely just super, super solid. I mean, Altuve's been really, really good his whole stinking career. Um, but for a dude who's got a career OPS of 830, which is phenomenal, by the way, um, he had an, he finished with a 921 last year OPS um, and batted 300. I just don't know. Altuve's got some wizard magic. He's really, really good. I just don't, I don't see that kind of a season again. I think he dips back kind of similar to what you were saying with Goldie into maybe those, those lower eight hundreds OPS. Um, I think, I think Altuve probably still bats pretty solid average two eighty plus. Um, but, but I do think that some of that, some of that slugging will probably go down. Um, Altuve is also, you know, getting older. He's not old. He's like 33. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think I think for my money, I think that uh, I would I would say he drops a little bit in that one. Yeah, I think that's a totally fair shout as well. Um, and yeah, like uh, maybe he just won't need to be out there as much. Uh, he won't have to do it as much. So we'll see. But that was just an incredible year for him last year. Yeah, and as you mentioned several times throughout the season really kind of went under the radar a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's the star having one of his career uh, best years, uh, especially one of his best years since his MVP year, of course, uh, <laughs> which. Yeah. I mean, dude, dude is... posted 6.6 .6 war. And like, I feel like people didn't realize he did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Take nuts. it or leave it. This career uh, slash line 307, 362, 468. <laughs> I think I'll take it. Yeah, I think I'll take that. I think that's, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty that's good just, career slash. Yeah, yeah, that's just showing up to the ballpark and having a good day every single day. <laughs> every day for your whole career. And uh, playing some good defense. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. Jeez. I, yeah, I mean, that's 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 such a solid career, career slash line, especially at, man, at second base, too. Like... That's, I think, the the even potentially more crazy thing is like it's not even just like, oh yeah, you're an outfielder who hits really well, really really well. He's like, no, you're in a historically not great hitting position. <laughs> you're doing it that well. So, what's up with those little second basemen just being awesome? You got Pedroia, you got Altuve. I mean, you gotta love it. Simeon last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Simeon's yeah. he's big though. Yeah, he not is tiny. a big. He's a big second baseman. That's true. Bigger second baseman. He's not big. I mean, he's not Judge. Yeah, this is true. Imagine Which Judge. Still, still one of my favorite baseball photos ever is Judge standing next to Altuve because it's comical. It have is. You, have you seen that? Oh yeah, that's yeah. a brilliant. That's a brilliant photo. That's me and Nancy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that honestly might be a similar height difference. Let's see. Uh, yeah. How tall is Altuve? Altuve is five six. Okay. The judge is what six eight, something like that. Yeah, and I'm six five, and Nancy's five two. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because you don't really realize it when you're just in person, but then you'll see. I'll see a picture of us together, and I'm like, we don't, we don't belong together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my wait, gosh! Wait a minute. <laughs> that's, that's why are you walking around with this child? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> 
Well, uh, sneak preview of next episode. We were going to do it this episode, but then Brian had to play in the Super Bowl. Um, we're going to be doing an MLB TV draft where we each draft a team from a region, uh, Central, East, West. It could be AL or NL. And then a one wildcard team, which is a team that was under 500 in 2022. And we're going to be drafting just the most watchable teams, ones that we think are going to be the best for you to tune into on your MLB TV subscriptions. So you're going to want to tune in that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you're going to maybe want to give us some insider information. Message us at nonstopbbpod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but yeah, looking forward to chatting up about some more offseason news, pitchers and catchers reporting, and of course the WBC. Um, Adam, you have anything else you'd like to add? No. Um I think we're going back to weekly. We doing that next starting next week or starting week after something like that. So more frequent episodes coming up, especially yes. as we lead up to the season and do all of our predictions um that will inevitably be just wrong. Yes, um of course. <laughs> Which sometimes we like being wrong. You know, oh, it's we love... way more entertaining. <laughs> well yeah and sometimes you make a prediction like how we just did right now goldschmidt he's gonna regress goldschmidt goes out there has an even better year no one's gonna love that more than me you know love to see these players proving the haters wrong proving me wrong i mean what what else is there to love but yeah make sure you get yourself ready for wbc don't worry it's not going to be on mlb network so if you have youtube tv you will be able to watch it because youtube tv doesn't have mlb network anymore um <laughs> maybe that's a conversation we'll have a later date but thank you so much for listening um we'll be back at you with episode 88 soon yeah 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 great. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.